0: Enjoy local voices. Enjoy local opinions. All on one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics and so much more. Podcast DC is the new local app with hundreds of DC area podcasts. Featuring some of the DC area's best personalities, pundits and provocateurs. Earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts you love instantly. With new programs being added every week, don't hesitate. Download Podcast DC now for free. Available in the App Store or in Google Play. Podcast DC. Listen local Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearl's podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plinney. Today, we're gonna chat about PCOS. Yes, I've had several questions about PCOS and have done a few preconception visits about this very subject recently. So I thought we'd talk about it today on the podcast. Let me add, I just love when you ladies and guys submit questions, um, which is the whole reason that we're doing this episode on PCOS. So please keep them coming. So let's talk about PCOS. PCOS is short for polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is a condition that affects a woman's hormone levels leading to infrequent or prolonged menstrual periods or excess male hormone levels, which is basically the testosterone of the hormones versus estrogen being the female hormone. On ultrasound, the ovaries develop numerous little small, tiny follicles, which look like little fluid collections. Ovulation doesn't occur regularly, meaning those eggs fail to be released, or there's too many released, and so it acts sort of like um, uh, it acts sort of like a stopper. So if you can only get one egg at a time down a funnel, and you have ten eggs that are trying to be released at the same time, well, obviously none of them go; they all get stuck at the top. Same thing with polycystic ovarian syndrome. So that's why people are not ovulating and don't have regular cycles because they just can't get down the funnel. And also, when you get them down the funnel, you're more likely to have more than one get down the funnel. So that's why people can have an increased risk of twins and other multiples if you have PCOS. Polycystic ovarian syndrome affects about 1 in 10 women of childbearing age and is the most common cause of infertility. Infertility is just when uh, you can't get pregnant after 12 months or more of trying. And when we say trying, we mean having regular intercourse at the appropriate times. Some people are confused by that because some people think, You know, I've been trying for a year, but your husband works offshore and he only comes back like two weeks, two weeks a month. And the two weeks that he comes back is not the time you're ovulating. Well, then that is not called infertility, okay? That, That is not called infertility. And the other thing is infertility doesn't mean that you can't get pregnant, okay? It means that you have a problem getting pregnant for some various reasons, PCOS being one of those causes. Because of hormone imbalance, PCOS can affect your physical appearance as well. So it's not only just an issue with ovulation and fertility, but you can look different. So here are some of the symptoms that are included in PCOS. So some people have more acne, right? Because you have a male amount of testosterone. So it's almost like a boy going through puberty. He's going to have a lot of pimples and things like that. So you can have acne. um, Hirsutism or too much hair on your face, on your chin and other parts of the body where men usually develop hair. So some people have too much armpit hair. You can have hair on your chest. You can have uh, a lot of pubic hair. Um, You can have hair on your face. So like a male pattern hair distribution. So a mustache or a beard. Uh, People that have to wax a lot. You're like, I gotta wax all the time. Well, that may be a symptom of PCOS. The other thing is you could also have a thinning of hair, especially the hair on your head. So isn't that something like you have male distribution of facial hair, but then you have thinning of hair on your head? It's like, man, you just can't get a break with PCOS. But that is one of the one of the symptoms, is you can have thinning. Why? Because men usually have that male pattern baldness as you have a higher level testosterone that's the same reason why older women the postmenopausal women they can have thinning of their hair so had a head full of hair when she was younger all of a sudden you're like man her hair is really thin well it's because her estrogen level has gone down so your ratio of estrogen is down compared to your testosterone level so you can have a thinning of hair same concept with pcos Weight gain or difficulty losing weight is a, is a, um, a symptom. Uh, why? Because if you have all this adipose tissue that's making all this turnover of sex hormones, you can have a lot more testosterone that way. And so that um, is why PCOS is related to weight gain. You can have darkening of skin. We call that acanthosis nigrican. So people that have like a darkening, like a darker neck. Um, okay. Sometimes it's like a velvety-like texture um, of that darkness. You have darkness under your armpits. Um, you can have darkness in the joint spaces. Um, that's called acanthosis. So that can happen because of PCOS as well. And then you can also develop skin tags. You know, it's funny because as a physician, I can look at people sometimes and tell if they got something going on, right? And so PCOS is one of those, right? You you have a you can be heavier. Not all people with PCOS are heavy though. There are some thin people with PCOS, but those little skin tags around your eyes, like that that can be a symptom of PCOS, which can sometimes be associated with what's called metabolic syndrome, which is an issue with, um, well, there's certain criteria for metabolic syndrome, which we will definitely get into in the show. So what causes some women to have this syndrome and other women don't have it? Well, we don't completely know why, but there are some factors that can lead to some women have PCOS and some don't. And it is influenced by genetics, although we don't know the exact genetic mutations that cause it. We do know that some of these factors are multifactorial, meaning they're things in the environment that we come in contact with that exposes us to higher levels of hormones. So people that eat um, a diet that's high in meat and not organic meat, but the processed stuff um, can have some hormones added to it. Um, if you have a high level of male hormones this is a cause it's caused androgens that are circulating you're more likely to have pcos and if you have high levels of insulin meaning you're resistant or you're pre-diabetic um you can also have are more likely to have pcos so um there are four types of PCOS. And a lot of people don't understand that there, there are four different types of PCOS. Okay, I had to remind myself in preparing for the episode that there were four different types. Although um, we basically do a trial and error to treat these types. So the first type is the insulin resistant type. So this is the most common type of PCOS. So this is caused by smoking, too much sugar. So high sugar intake, pollution, and high trans fat diet. OK, so if you're eating po all day, this you are more likely to have the insulin resistant type of PCOS. So high levels of insulin prevent ovulation and can trigger the ovaries to create uh, more testosterone. So if you're not ovulating, you are creating more testosterone. So that can cause you to have PCOS. Then you have pill induced PCOS. So this is the second most common type and it's uh, developed due to birth control that's suppressing ovulation. So you're suppressing ovulation, you're negative feedbacking on hormones um, that lead to ovulation like estrogen. So what happens? The testosterone level goes up. So for most women, these effects do not last for a long time and they resume ovulating after the effects of birth control is over. So once you stop it, then usually you can reverse those symptoms of PCOS. But some women do not resume ovulating For months or even years because of the effects of birth control pills. So during that time, you you should go to a doctor because if you're not having a normal monthly cycle, then you cannot get pregnant um, with this. But even still, even if you didn't want to get pregnant, having a normal period should be the goal, right? Unless you're taking something that stops you from having a cycle, If you're not ovulating, you need to get that checked out. You need to figure out why is it that you're not um, ovulating the way that you need to. And so women that took birth control pills for a prolonged time, and now all of a sudden, I hear that all the time, like the birth control caused me to not be able to have children. Well, there's a little bit of truth to that, right? Because you got pill-induced PCOS and your hormones are all out of whack. And so it's gonna take you being put on some hormones to regulate your cycle, to treat this type of induced PCOS. Now, if you experience regular normal periods before you started your pills, then this might be a sign of pill-induced PCOS. But if you weren't having normal cycles before you started birth control pills, then this is some other type. If you've been diagnosed with PCOS, but you weren't normal even before the pills, then you probably were insulin resistant and didn't even know it. And that will be insulin resistant type of PCOS, not pill induced. Now, the pills didn't help you, but it's not necessarily due to the birth control pills. Then there's inflammatory PCOS. So, in in PCOS, due to inflammation, ovulation is prevented, the hormones get imbalanced, and the androgens or your male uh, uh, testosterone levels are produced. Inflammation is caused by stress, it can cause by toxins in the environment, and it can be caused by an inflammatory diet that's high in gluten. And so if you have symptoms such as a headache, you get frequent infections, um, you have skin allergies, and your blood tests show that you're deficient to vitamin D, um, this could be because of inflammatory PCOS. You can have all those things just because of inflammatory PCOS. So here's a little pearl. If you stop consuming those inflammatory foods, like all that dairy, wheat and gluten, sugar, that can suppress some of the inflammation and then you should supplement with magnesium magnesium has natural anti-inflammatory properties you know what as a as an mfm i love mag right i love magnesium because it's going to help prevent seizures we use it for migraine headaches and we also can use it for its anti-inflammatory um properties so start magnesium supplements it won't hurt anything if you have inflammatory PCOS, obviously you should talk to your physician to make sure you have that diagnosis. Don't go self in, self-diagnosing self yourself and putting yourself on supplements. But talk to your provider about whether or not you should start that and whether or not you you might have an inflammatory PCOS. And then you could have hidden PCOS. This is a simpler form of PCOS. Um, Once the cause is addressed, then it takes about three to four months to get resolved. So this hidden PCOS, we mean like, why do you have this? Because you don't have anything else going on. Well, because you could have thyroid disease that goes with PCOS, or you could be um, deficient in iodine because your ovaries need iodine. You could have um, a vegetarian diet, Um, could be deficient in in zinc. So there's certain things that can cause you to have these like hidden piece this hidden PCOS and a lot of it has to do with your diet and what you're consuming okay so now that we know a little bit more about the basics of PCOS let's talk through some cases why don't we
2: our first case is a 32 year old who presents for a preconception care her OBGYN referred her because she has been trying to conceive for a year and was told that she has PCOS the patient's OBGYN recommended metformin, but the patient has not yet started it because she doesn't know why she needs it if she's not a diabetic. She has morbid obesity with a BMI of 41. She has a history of high blood pressure that is controlled by losinopril and HCTZ. She wants to know how she can optimize her chances of pregnancy. You have a diagnosis of PCOS,
0: So that's why your doctor starts you on metformin. So one of the treatments of PCOS is to treat underlying insulin resistance, because like we said before, that the insulin plays a key role in the amount of testosterone your body is producing. So we can, um, we can treat that underlying insulin resistance and we can lower that testosterone level, which can then, um, reduce your symptoms of PCOS, so that's why you're on the metformin. So metformin is used for a lot of stuff, y'all. So metformin is used to increase insulin sensitivity in type two diabetics not for type one diabetics, for type two diabetics. It can also be used for weight loss and weight management as well. And we use it for polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. So this is treating underlying insulin resistance to try to treat those little tiny follicles that you got because of your higher testosterone levels. So all of this goes hand in hand. So you haven't started you should, it's not harmful. Some people think I'm not diabetic and they put me on metformin and so that's going to make my blood sugar drop. It doesn't work like that. So if you're not diabetic and you can regulate your own blood sugars, it's just making your cells more sensitive to insulin. It's not giving yourself insulin. So don't think that it's gonna all of a sudden lower your blood sugar. It won't do that, okay? But- it is something that you need to do to help treat PCOS, especially if you're trying to conceive and you're trying to ovulate. Some people say, well, what if I get pregnant on metformin? That's okay. We actually put people on metformin in pregnancy for gestational diabetes or people with pre-existing diabetes. So it's not going to harm your developing baby if you were to get pregnant on it. So I would not, even, I would not discontinue it at all. We'll continue it. That's a myth. The thing that I'm looking at in your history is you have a BMI over 40, you um, have high blood pressure, so you have some underlying vascular damage there, and you have PCOS. So I'm more concerned in terms of optimizing your care, not only getting you to ovulate so you can have a baby, but making sure we're optimizing your health before you get pregnant. And it, it looks like you may have some components of metabolic syndrome, okay, So metabolic syndrome is diagnosed when someone has three or more of the following risk factors. So if you have a waistline of 40 inches or more for men and 35 inches or more for women measured across the belly, okay, that is one of the risk factors. If you have a blood pressure that's over 130, over 85 outside of pregnancy or higher Or you're already taking blood pressure medicines to regulate your blood pressure, that's another risk factor. If you have a triglyceride level over 150 milligrams per deciliter, that is high, okay? Um, So that means you have high triglycerides. Um, Or if somebody's told you have high cholesterol, if you have a fasting blood sugar greater than 100, or you're taking glucose-lowering medicines, then that means you have some type of underlying insulin resistance, and that's another risk factor. If you have an HDL that's less than 40, and that is your good cholesterol, is your HDL, you want that to be high. Um, If you have it less than 40, that would be bad for men, or under 50 for women, those are also risk factors for metabolic syndrome. So I would be more concerned with making sure you are treating these things to treat your metabolic syndrome. Um, If you're not ovulating and you have extra extra um extra fat around your belly or your waistline then i would encourage you to lose weight even weight loss of 10 pounds can help you start ovulating normally and can also help regulate your triglycerides and your blood pressure i would probably start you on a medicine if lifestyle changes didn't work to lower your triglycerides and your total cholesterol i would start you on a medication to also lower your triglycerides before you got pregnant why because people with high cholesterol can have underlying vascular damage which can put you at increased risk for preeclampsia or an eclamptic seizure Um, it can put you at risk for heart disease cardiomyopathy and long-term heart disease so we want to make sure we're optimizing your care so that when you finally do have your baby you can be around for a really long time for your child I would put you on a diabetic diet even now. So in addition to the metformin, we're going to do 150 minutes a week of exercise. So I want you to to do some type of aerobic exercise, 30 minutes a day, five days a week to try to get this cholesterol down and your blood pressure down and this fasting blood sugar down. I'm going to put you on a diet that's low in sugar, a diabetic diet. I'm gonna put you on a low carbohydrate diet. I don't want you to eat more than about 60 grams of carbs with each meal because we wanna reverse this metabolic syndrome and control you the best we can because we know that PCOS and metabolic syndrome does put you at risk for having gestational diabetes and type two diabetes in the long haul. And we also know that you would have an increased risk of a small baby and preeclampsia and needing a preterm delivery. So we want to maximize those areas first. Then you probably will start ovulating on your own once we address those other factors. And if you're not, then we can put you on treatment to cause you to have ovulation induction or cause you to have a normal monthly cycle and ovulate um, monthly so that you can have a baby. For the case Pearl, I would say patients with PCOS, they can get pregnant. However, it is important to manage your comorbidities so that you can get safely through your pregnancy. And we need to do that first before you get pregnant. All right, what's our second case?
2: Our second case is a 24 year old who has a history of PCOS and wants to have children. However, her OBGYN put her on birth control pills due to her painful periods and PCOS. She told that if she stops the pills, she might have painful cycles again. Is there some other treatment for PCOS she can try so that she can get pregnant? You know, I can't stand when, listen, I'm an
0: OBGYN. It's like almost like talking about your family, right? You can talk about them, but nobody else can talk about them. So my OBGYN colleagues, I'm gonna talk about this for a second, right? So I get sent these preconception consoles all the time when people are like, I've been trying to get pregnant for a year and I just can't. And you go through their medicines, I mean, y'all, I get paid to go through people's medicines and find birth control on the list, right? And people wonder why they are not getting pregnant. Well, because you're on birth control. <laughs> this, you, are, you are inhibiting your ovulation because you are on a birth control pill. And there's so many people that say, well, my OB told me to continue it because it's treating my PCOS or it's treating my painful periods. Yeah, but it's also the reason that you're not getting pregnant. So the first thing I do, if I have somebody like that, is I'm going to look at their history, optimize their care, right? Because I don't want to take you, all, um, take you off your birth control pills, and then you get pregnant. But I haven't addressed the fact that your hemoglobin A1C, which is that little number that tells us on average how controlled your diabetes is, if that number is over seven, or if your blood pressure is 180 or over 120, when I know I want it to be 120 over 80. Like, I don't want to take you off your birth control pills and then all of a sudden you get pregnant and then you're coming to me because you're a high-risk pregnancy because you have uncontrolled or poorly controlled diabetes and uncontrolled blood pressure. Well, shame on me if I did that. So the first thing I would do is look at everything and make sure the rest of your comorbidities, if you have any, are optimized, right? So if there's any like metabolic syndrome stuff going on, I'm gonna optimize that first. I'm gonna leave you on your birth control pills while I do that. But if everything else is fine then the first thing i do is just take people off their birth control pills y'all i just take them off and sometimes we can have like a pill induced pcos type picture there right it may take you a couple months for your period to 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 work like it's supposed to work okay it could take a little while but once it's working and it should be working after a couple months if you're having normal monthly cycles then you're ovulating and you should have cycles at least every 30 second day. Okay. And if you're doing that, then you're ovulating. But if you're having 35, 36 day cycles, meaning the time from day one of one month, uh, a one month cycle to the next uh, month cycle, the first day of your, last, your, your menstrual period, it's more than 32 days and you're not ovulating. Then we need to start you on something that can help you with ovulation. But you got to stop the birth control pills. And Usually, if you have suppressed your hormones that long, um, a couple things could happen. One, the lining of your uterus could be really thin or it could be very, very thick, one of the two. And so I wanna look at your uterus to see what's going on there with your lining. And then we could figure out what we need to put you on. So it really depends on what's going on with you and if you're trying to get pregnant right now or if you want to wait to get pregnant. So if you plan to get pregnant, Then other than your birth control pills, I would do a couple of things. So we wanna optimize the other stuff that's going on. But the first thing you need to do is change your diet, right? People with PCOS are supposed to be on a special diet, okay? And that is a healthy diet. It's a low-fat diet. Something that is going to help with your insulin level and lower your blood sugar. Why? Because if you have PCOS, you do have some type of underlying insulin resistance. So we have to switch your diet, okay? Probably gonna put you on a lower-carb diet, lower gluten diet, okay? And we want to incorporate some type of physical activity. And then if you're trying to get pregnant, I'm going to give you medicines that is going to induce your ovulation. Now, some of these medicines can cause you to have multiples, right? So if you're not regularly ovulating, then I would probably do Provera and we could start with some type of either Clomid or Letrozole. I wouldn't be doing that. Your OB would be doing that or a reproductive endocrinologist would be doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm optimizing your care and I hardly ever do ovulation induction drugs, unless somebody's doing the total care with me and that's a little different. But um, you're gonna get some drugs that is gonna call you to ovulate, but know that the risk of that is that you may end up with twins messing around with Clomid. Okay, so especially with PCOS. (laughs) Once you start ovulating regularly, you might release a couple eggs. So that is a risk. So that is what the treatment would be if you're trying to get pregnant. Plus, I would do metformin for you as well to try to help reduce your insulin um, levels um, and increase your sensitivity to insulin. So yes, I would do uh, metformin even if you're trying to conceive, okay? Now, if you're not trying to become pregnant immediately, then that's why you're on these birth control pills because they help control your menstrual cycle and the flow of your menses and they help lower your testosterone level and some birth control pills can, are also used as treatment for acne, OK, so that's why you've been on the birth control pills. But you can't do that if you're trying to be pregnant. OK, and then, of course, diabetic medicines. We've already mentioned uh, metformin is like good for both. Right. This is going to lower your insulin resistance and PCOS and reduce your testosterone level again. And then we're going to change your diet, incorporate some exercise as well. And then we're going to give you something to treat your acne. Right. And so we have the episode skin that applies here as well. So we wanna make sure that you're exfoliating, you are making sure your pores are clean, you have a skin regimen to make sure that we're controlling acne. Um, We also wanna control hair hair growth and we wanna do some extra grooming. Um, We're gonna do all those things and as our hormone level normalizes, you will see less hair growth in those areas, okay? So for the case Pearl, for this case, is your treatment for PCOS? Depends on the type of PCOS and other comorbidities. Make sure to talk to your provider to formulate a personal plan just for you. So um, PCOS is obviously the number one cause of infertility. So it it affects your ability to have kids because you're not ovulating, right? The, the, the hormone level that you have is more closer to the side of the male level of hormone than it is the normal female hormone level. And because of that, your body is not making estrogen to then cause you to have what's called an LH surge or luteinizing hormone surge. The luteinizing hormone surge is what happens right before you ovulate. Literally, like the day before you ovulate, you have an LH surge and you ovulate, right? So if you're not having that because your ratio of estrogen to testosterone is lower, then You can't get pregnant. You cannot get pregnant just by having sex and not ovulating. You have sex all day. If there's no egg release, you're not getting pregnant. So PCOS acts in that way. And so you have these little follicles that are trying to develop on the ovary, but they never quite mature enough to get one down the funnel. Okay. And so if you have PCOS and you get an ultrasound, we call it looking like a cookie right? Like a chocolate chip cookie. You got an ovary there and you got all these follicles you can see. Y'all, usually when we do over, uh, ultrasounds, you can't see the follicles. You might have a dominant follicle because you are about to ovulate and then that egg is going to be released. But you shouldn't have a whole bunch of little chocolate chips in the cookie, okay? We should be looking at more of a sugar cookie than a chocolate chip cookie. And so if we see that chocolate chip cookie, in addition to the three, you know, three of the things on the list for PCOS that are diagnostic, then then we know what you have. Okay, and if you have too much chocolate chip cookies that are not being matured and released, then you can't get pregnant. So that's how PCOS affects your ability to have kids. Now, once you get pregnant, people say, well, how does PCOS play into getting pregnant? Because... We are born with all the eggs we will ever have in our life. If you have PCOS, meaning you have these little follicles that aren't ever maturing and it's taking more time to mature, then the quality of the egg is decreased in patients with PCOS. It's just what it is. And so we know that if the quality is decreased, then that can lead to, that does have a higher association of people that have smaller babies, which can then lead to a need for preterm delivery because smaller babies have a higher risk of stillbirth. Once you get pregnant, usually people with PCOS have a completely normal pregnancy, but you will have to be monitored for growth and we will have to evaluate the anatomy to make sure nothing else is going on um, with the baby structurally due to the fact that you have PCOS and the quality of the egg is decreased. I hope that answers your question. Medical intern, I think that's all of our cases and she's shaking her head, yes, yes. Thanks everyone for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast. I hope you've learned a little bit more about PCOS today. Now, do me a favor and don't forget to rate the show um, on whatever preferred platform you're listening to. Keep the comments coming. Put comments on the platform. You can send me comments on um, IG and Facebook. I want to hear from you because I need to know what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, and what you want to hear about next. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or a unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancypearls. pearls. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash pregnancy pearls with Dr. Plenty for more quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you.
1: regarding a medical condition pregnancy pearls is a mean old lion media production